Let's go to Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. As we open up the Word of God for Easter. This is what the Word of God says. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they were asking each other, I want you to notice this, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us? Who will roll away the stone for us in the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone, which was very large, and it had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. Notice, and the women were shocked. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. But he isn't here. Can we praise God for that? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Amen. Let's pray. Father, bless this word today. Help me to preach it. Apply it to our lives personally, Lord, and open our hearts to understand this Easter, Lord. Give us wisdom and understanding and bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can be seated as we get into this story that all of us are familiar with, the Easter Story, the resurrection story. It is probably the one time of the year pastors have a lot of pressure because you've all heard the story time and time, year after year. So I was a little nervous as I opened up the Easter message. I said, Lord, what can I possibly tell the church that I haven't told them in 11 plus years that they don't already know? And wouldn't you know, as I read the passage of Easter, And the resurrection, I noticed something I've never seen before. Isn't God good? And I want to preach on that this morning. I want to preach on the subject. It's been taken care of. Come on, say that with me. It's been taken care of. And help me preach the man. Turn to your neighbor on the side and say, hey, it's been taken care of. Stop worrying. Stop complaining. Quit your sadness. It's been taken care of. In fact, when I count to three, say it loud. It's been taken care of. One, two, three. It's been taken care of. Amen. As Mary and the other Mary, both Marys were, they woke up that Sunday morning. Did you know that that Sunday morning should have been a time to be excited. It should have been a time to celebrate. Had they remembered the promise that Jesus said that he would rise again, he said it over and over and over again. But let's be honest. Sometimes life gets so hard and difficult. Sometimes you go through things so traumatic that you can easily forget the promises of God. Can we get a witness this morning? So we can't look at them. How can you forget such a promise? Because I've been there where I've gone through so much pain and struggle that I just really forget what the Word of God says. So that Sunday morning, 
they got up. And as they purchased this burial spice that you anointed dead bodies with, that was really a waste of a purchase. They began to walk down to the tomb. And rather than being happy and excited because Jesus was risen and knowing that they're going to go to this empty tomb, you notice that there's these two women, Mary and Mary, walking to the tomb, sad. They're walking hopeless. They're walking, they're not happy, they're not excited, they're not having any peace, there's no joy. They're just sad. Sad. And not only are they sad, but as they're walking in verse 3, notice this, the Bible says in verse 3, on their way, they were asking each other, who's going to roll away the stone? In other words, they're predicting that the stone is going to be there blocking them from Jesus. They don't know how they're going to open that grave. They don't know how they're going to roll this tomb away. They don't know how they're going to solve this. Have you ever been in a place in your life that you just don't know how? You just don't know how you're going to fix this. You don't know how you're going to figure this out. In fact, maybe some of you are here today and you're trying to figure things out. You're trying to make things happen. So these women are having a pointless conversation about a pointless problem that's not even there because God had already taken care of it. And I wonder how many of you are wasting your life worried about things that God has already taken care of. And you're wasting your life sad and discouraged and depressed when all along God is there saying, I've taken care of it. They're wondering, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What if we can't? What's going to happen? See, that stone was, the Bible said, they said it was large. The Bible is letting you know that stone was beyond moving. That stone was larger than, was Mar- than what Mary was capable of rolling away. That stone was bigger than them. That by their own strength, they could not, even if they wanted to, they could not move it. They could not accomplish what they wanted. And maybe you're here this morning, and you're facing a situation that if you're honest enough, is bigger than you. And there's no capable way of you fixing it. And like Mary, it has you discouraged. It has you sad. It has you worried. Frustrated. Because see, what the Bible shows us is what happens to us in our lives. They have a desire to get to Jesus. They have a desire to anoint His body. But they're faced with an obstacle. That stone. And in life, your desires will be met with an obstacle. 
You might have the desire to change, but there's an obstacle that keeps it from happening. You may have a desire to have a happy marriage, but there's an obstacle that keeps it from happening. You have this desire to live with joy, to live with peace, but there's an obstacle that keeps it from happening. And as I read this, I felt in my heart that there are many people in this church or listening online, you have a desire for something, but there's something in the way that you can't physically get rid of. You see, Mary is faced not only with a problem, but she's faced with a problem within a problem that has a problem with, attached to a problem. You think, what do you mean? Okay. Let's just say these women moved that stone. They had to first get past the guards. Big, strong Roman soldiers against two women, would you not say it's a problem? Let's just say these were not ordinary women and they beat up these soldiers. When they got to that tomb, there would be a Roman seal on it, the Bible says. And if anyone would break that seal without the government's authority, you were sentenced to death right there on the spot. Would you not say that's a problem? What were these women thinking? Did they really think that they were going to go up there? Hey, can I get in? Thank you. But see, they were faced not only with the stone problem, but they had a soldier problem and they had a government problem. So they had a problem within a problem that had a problem. How many of you are in that place right now that you have a problem that has a problem within a problem? You see, a lot of us go through this in life. Let me give you an example. You're driving down the road. You get a flat tire on your way to work. That's a problem. But you know what happens in your mind? You say, oh my gosh, I have a flat tire and now I can't get to work. And if I'm late to work, I'm going to get fired. And if I get fired, I can't pay the bills. And if I can't pay the bills, I can't pay the house. And if I can't pay the house, I'm going to get homeless. And if I'm homeless, my spouse is going to leave me. And if my spouse leaves me, she's going to take the kids. And if she takes the kids, I'm going to be lonely. And if I'm lonely, I'm going to get discouraged and depressed. And if I'm discouraged and depressed, I'm going to get into drugs. And if I have drugs, I'm going to be into bondage. And then if I have drugs and bondage, I'm going to get to have help. But I can't get help because it's expensive. I have no job. I can't pay the bills. What am I going to do? All from one little tire. And you think, Pastor, that's crazy. How many of you are that crazy? Come on. Do you have a problem that has a problem within a problem? All day. <laughs> it's stressful. No wonder you live life moping around. Sad, discouraged. It's Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday, but some of you came to church like, yeah, just another Sunday. Is it though? See, that stone represents the obstacles, the things in your life that stop you from getting to where you really want to be. And worse, you can't do anything about it. It's bigger than you. You can't carry it on your own. It's larger than you. 
And you, you keep thinking how and what's going to happen and what if and how are we going to figure this out? It's no wonder these women were so sad and discouraged and worried on Resurrection Sunday. Because they were worried about something they didn't have to worry about. Because God already took care of it. See, the Bible says it was after the Sabbath. It makes a point because the Sabbath was a time of rest and trust in God. The fact that the Bible makes a point that it was after the Sabbath, it lets you know that these women were restless. And sometimes in life, you're going to go through a restless season. And you're facing something that's bigger than you and you can't figure out how. And maybe you're trying to figure out your life, your future. What's going to happen? How am I going to make it? What if this happens? You're trying to figure out how you're going to provide. You're trying to figure out the how about your kids. How am I going to raise them? How are they going to serve God? How are they going to have a great future? How am I going to protect them? You're thinking about the what and the how about your health. What am I going to do about my body? What am I going to do about my health? What if I get sick? What's going to happen to my marriage? What if my marriage doesn't work out? What if I'm not even married because I'm single? What if I never find anyone? How am I going to find someone? It is impossible to find someone. See, you can relate and I can relate to both Marys trying to figure out the how. What's going to happen? Because we can't handle this. We can't figure this out. And when you're in a place like where you're trying to figure out how, there's impossibility of you having peace and joy. The last thing Mary's felt was peace and joy. In fact, let me show you that Mary was actually angry on Easter. Frustrated on Easter. Sad on Easter. Worried on Easter. Are you? John 20, verse 11. John's account of this story tells us now that Mary was standing outside the tomb. And she was crying. Why was she crying? She wept. Because she stopped and she looked at that empty tomb. We know that that empty tomb meant that he had risen. But see, sometimes your perception can be wrong. And when she saw the empty tomb, the Bible says that she stopped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting in the head of the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. But notice what the angel said. Dear woman, dear woman, why? Why are you crying? This is not, why are you crying? This is, 
Why are you even crying right now? Do you know what you're looking at? Do you know what just happened? Do you know who God is? Why are you crying? See, she is wasting her tears. Why are you crying? The angel asked her. And notice how crazy she gets. She makes her own assumptions. First, she's crying because she sees an empty tomb that should have been a celebration of his resurrection, but she saw it the wrong way. You know that all it takes for you to be miserable is a wrong perception of your situations. A wrong perception of not only your situation, but notice what she says, because they've taken him away. He's been, he's stolen. They stole him. They took the body. Notice how crazy she is. She starts making up her own scenario. Someone came in at night, rolled up the stone, and they just dragged the body out. And I think that maybe I have crazy people like that in this church. You're miserable because your perception of life is wrong. Your perception of your situation is wrong. Not only is your perception wrong about your situation, but because your perception is wrong, it's led you to make wrong assumptions. And in your mind, you have created this crazy scenario. And this is what happened. This is why this happened. So she's mad because she says, I can't believe someone stole the body. So she's angry over something that is not true. See how the devil gets you? They've taken him away. She replied, and I don't know where they put him. It gets crazier. She gets crazier. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, right? No, 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 listen. How awesome would that be? Jesus standing, you would have been like, wow, amazing. Not this crazy girl. She turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why? Because sometimes when life is so hard and your assumptions are so wrong and in your head you're creating all these false scenarios, you can't even recognize God anymore. She's been walking with Jesus. She's had a relationship with Jesus. She should know what Jesus looked like. But sometimes you get so caught up in your problems, you don't even recognize the Lord anymore. Am I preaching to someone this morning? Happy Easter. Happy Easter. And notice his question. Woman, why are you crying? The angels want to know. And now Jesus wants to know. Why are you crying? You know, it's like Jesus, if he was standing right there in front of you right now, he might ask you, why are you angry? Why are you sad? Why are you depressed? Why are you crying? Why are you jealous? Why are you worried? Why are you afraid? Why aren't you happy? Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you laughing? Why don't you have joy? Why don't you have peace? Do you know what's in front of you right now? Why are you crying? There's a lot of crying Christians today. Who are you looking for? 
She's looking for Jesus. He's right in front. The answer is always in front of you. His name's Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. She thought, notice what happens, because not only now is her perception of the situation wrong when she saw the empty tomb, not only now is she making wrong assumptions, but now she has a wrong perception about Jesus. See, when life gets so hard and difficult, your perception of other people can be so wrong. Not only your perception of others, but even your perception of God Himself could be off. And the reason that she can't worship right now, the reason she has no joy right now, is because she's literally looking at Jesus, but she thinks He's just an ordinary gardener. She gets crazier. Sir, if you've taken Him, She just came in hot, just right up to the assumption, I know it was you! You dirty little gardener! If you took him away, tell me where you've put him. I'll go get him. See, she doesn't have to get him because he's right there. You know, none of you have to get Jesus because Jesus already is in front of you. He's already there. And the Bible says that she saw that it was Jesus. She was overwhelmed with joy and ran to tell everyone. I want you to pay attention. Because when we read this passage, we say, she had joy. She saw Jesus resurrected. She ran to tell everyone. But see, when we look at this passion, we realize, she realized that he had risen. She realized that the promises were true. She realized that Jesus was dead and he had come to life. And that's all great. But that also leads me to believe that she had to also have realized she wasted so much time worrying about something God already took care of. She wasted so much of her life and time crying when she didn't have to. She had to have realized, I can't believe I was making all these wrong assumptions. I was angry for no reason. I was frustrated for no reason. I was sad for no reason. I wasted my life and my time upset and worried and trying to figure things out. And I've wasted my life with no joy, with no peace. I've wasted all this time upset and all this time God took care of it. All this time, God took care of it. So she was worried about something that never happened. She never had to roll away the stone. She was worried about the Roman soldiers she didn't have to worry about because God already took care of them. You see, as believers, when Jesus says, do not worry about your life, he meant it. He's way ahead of you. 
But it saddens me as a pastor to see so many Christians wasting their God-given time on earth, sad, depressed, discouraged, worried for no reason. Because you have a God that cares for you. You have a God that loves you. You have a God that says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. And he's taken care of it. And she had to have realized, I wasted my time. Worried. Over something that God had already taken care of. Is this making sense this morning? Matthew 28, 1. Now let's look at Matthew's account. But Matthew says, Early the next morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, Matthew records, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and he what? He rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Let me tell you something. Crazy. But between Mark's account and Matthew, we see that the very minute that Mary and the other Mary were talking about their problems, because you know that's what women do. They get together and they just talk about their problems. The minute those women got together, that very same time frame that they're trying to figure out how are we going to roll the stone away? What if we can't roll the stone away? What's going to happen if we roll it? But then the Roman soldiers come and arrest us and they kill us. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What's going to happen? What if? And they're sad and they're miserable. And all this time, while they're wondering how, at the same exact time, they couldn't see it, but God was already doing it. God was already taking care of it. And I want to tell someone here this morning, all that time, while you're sad, discouraged, depressed, and anxious, all that time, you're wasting on that. At that same exact time, I promise that God is working on it. God is taking care of it. God is way ahead of you. He's taking care of it. But so many of us, like Mary, are wasting our life and our time worried and anxious over something that God says, you know, I already took care of that. You know that what you're worrying about is not even going to happen. I've taken care of it. You see, you don't have to worry about the physical problems in your life. They were worried about how physically heavy that stone was. And some of you have some pretty heavy physical problems right now. But notice the angel was on top of sitting, sitting on the stone, not standing, sitting, because in the Bible, the idea of sitting down was a symbol of authority. So God is letting you know, I'm on top of the very thing you're worried about right now. And I'm taking care of it. 
Not only were they worried about the physical problems of this stone, they were worried about the government. They were worried about the Roman government coming and executing them with that Roman seal. But you know what God is letting us know today? I'm in control of even the government. Come on, I know we watch the news and we see our country going the way it's going and you have the temptation to worry what's going to happen. But you know what I decided this week as I read the paper or watch the news? God has already taken care of it. I don't care who's in office. I don't care what passes. I don't care what happens in our country. God has already taken care of it. I'm not going to waste my life worried about it. They must have been worried about those Roman soldiers. Some of you, you've allowed people to rob you of your joy. But when they got there, those Roman soldiers weren't even there because God took care of it. So whether it's a physical problem, whether it's a people problem, whatever problem you have, that's a problem within a problem that has a problem, God has already taken care of it. Say it with me. He's taking care of it. That's the story of Easter. God has already taken care of it. So stop wasting your precious life on something God is in control of and is taken care of. Don't worry. It reminds me of this story I heard. There's a man coming in from Europe to the U.S. And he's on this, this ship. This was before airplanes. So he's on this ship. It's a three-week journey on a ship from Europe to the U.S. And, and this man, for three weeks, he, won, he had this hope, he had this dream of building something in the, in the U.S. and having a freedom. But as he's going through this journey, this poor man that spent everything he had on this ticket, the only thing he brought with him was cheese and crackers. And this poor man, he would, he would sit in this ship outside the dining hall. And he would see all these people eating the best foods. He saw the best meats and fruits. He saw the bread. He saw the desserts. He saw everything while he's eating his cheese and crackers. And after three weeks, when the journey was almost over, he is sick and tired of cheese and crackers. He's sick and tired of seeing all those people enjoy all this food every night. And he's there in his little corner moping and sad, eating cheese and crackers. And one night during the final day of the trip, he's eating outside sad and jealous and discouraged and angry because he's tired and he can barely eat this cheese and cracker. That a man comes up and says, hey, I've noticed for the past three weeks, all you eat is cheese and crackers. Why don't you come in and enjoy all the other food? And this man with embarrassment said, I'm sorry, but I really can't afford that. And he said, what are you talking about? It's all included in your ticket. It's all included. And this man realized that the entire journey on that boat, he was wasting his 
time eating something he didn't have to eat. He realized he was wasting his time on cheese and crackers. And he missed out on better. He missed out on more. And that story may sadden you, but let me tell you, that man today might be you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again so that you will have eternal life with Him on heaven. And some of you, you're on that journey to heaven, but that journey is miserable. You're tired. You're frustrated all the time. You're tired of seeing other people happy. You're tired like that man of seeing other people have what you want. You're tired of the same thing all the time. You're discouraged. You're frustrated. There's a lot of cheese and cracker Christians that God has prepared this beautiful life with joy and with peace. God has more for your life, but all you seem to do is just be in your little corner and just complain about life. And you're watching everyone else happy and serving God and having joy. Oh, but not you, your little Miss Pity Cracker Cheese Eating Christian. You're in church and everyone's there and there you are. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of crackers and cheese. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being mad. I'm tired of being frustrated. And God is tired of it too. He is. And there's all these people God says, you don't know. I have prepared a table for you. I have more for you. I want you to enjoy what I died for. I want you to enjoy what I was crucified for. But not you. Oh, not you. Because your life is hard. You don't know what I have to go through. My problems. I'm so tired of freezing crackers. And I'm watching everyone else. God, why did you do that for them and not me? Why do you make them happy and not me? And you're in your little pity corner and all the time God is saying, you know, you can have this too. How many, how many cheese and cracker Christians do I have? See it all the time. That's disgusting. Do you want, in the end of your journey, to look back like that man and Jesus tell you, you know, you could have had more. You, you could have had all this. You could have had more joy. You could have had more peace. But you're wasting your life on what's been taken care of. That man didn't know that with that ticket, Everything was taken care of. And when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, everything was taken care of. There is not a reason to have a lack of joy in your life. Because Jesus has died and spared you 
from hell. So why just live your life wasting your journey on worry and anger and bitterness? Oh, cheese and cracker Christians are bitter. Why waste your life I, I love the Christians that they're in the same boat, but they're enjoying it. Hey, this life is hard for everyone. Enjoy it, though. Instead of just sitting there with your pity little crackers, wasting your time on what has already been taken care of. Don't be like Mary. And when she saw Jesus, she also was able to look back and see how she wasted her joy on sadness. Wasted her joy on worry. Don't wait till your journey is over and you see Jesus there, but you're able to look back at your life on earth and say, man, God, you mean to tell me I could have had all of this? I could have been happy. I could have had peace and joy. I could have had more, but I wasted it on this. That doesn't satisfy. And I know in my heart that some of you are wasting your life today. When God has already taken care of it. Romans 8.11 says, Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, what we're celebrating today, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life. That word life translates joy. He will give joy to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. God wants joy in your life. Because He said, I'm the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit that did that is living inside you. So why worry? Why be afraid? Why be discouraged? We have a God that says, I've taken care of it. Say it with me one more time. He's taking care of it. So say, I'm not going to waste my life. Some of you have to repent of cheese and cracker mentality. You have to repent of saying, Lord, forgive me for living my life moping around and sad and bitter and discouraged and upset when you've taken care of everything for me. See, we celebrate the resurrection of when Jesus died. But why did he die? He died because we had sin. And that sin separated you and I from God. And because we were sinful and separated from God, we were on our way to hell. And no 
problem on earth is worse than hell. Believe me. No problem on earth is worse than hell. And we celebrate Easter because God in His love sent Jesus Christ to die for those sins so that in Him our sins would be forgiven and we would be made right with God again. See, the second we sinned and mankind was separated from God, God said, I'm taking care of it. And he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for your sins. Because he wanted you to know, I'm taking care of it. It's interesting how Mary was trying to get to Jesus. She even said, show me where he's at. And I'll go get him. But the reason she couldn't get him is because he was already there. No one gets Jesus. Because if you get him, it's your own effort. He just stands there. And he waits for you to receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. And they're trying to get to Jesus, but the stone was in the way. What a picture of how so many of us were. Our sin, like that stone, like that stone separated us from God. And no matter how hard we tried in our own strength, we could not get to God because of our sins. We were separated. Let me show you a slide of these verses to show you what I mean. Isaiah 59.2, it's your sins. How many of you have sinned? Show me your hands. How many? Let me raise that. How many of you have not sinned? All sinners, say amen. All right. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. You've been cut off from God. Why? Because of your what? Sins. He has turned away. We're not listening anymore. It's Isaiah. Romans 5.8 But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still what? Sinners. While. Why? Because no one said, well, let me get myself together first and Jesus, you can come. God said, no, I'm taking care of it. While you are a sinner. God loved you. Ephesians 1.7 says, He was so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. We give God praise for that. John 14.6, Jesus told Him, because of this, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. But here's a big takeaway. No one can come to the Father. No one can come to the Father. But notice, no one can come to the Father except through what? Me, Jesus. He's the only way to God the Father. 
He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to salvation. And some of us say, well, wait a minute, that can't be. Could it be through my good works? But you all just confess your sinners. Could it be through my grandmother? She was a Christian. Through Jesus only. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, God saved you by His grace. Grace is love you don't deserve. When you believed, believed what? You believed that you were a sinner. You believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for those sins. And you believed that He's the only way to God the Father. So because you believe this, you say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I now believe and I trust in you. I surrender my life to you. God saved you by His grace when you believe and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast about it. The Bible says it's not by works that you're saved. The Bible says it's not by you being good because no one is good. It doesn't make sense when I ask someone, why do you think you're going to heaven? Oh, because I'm a kind of good person. And it's not through Jesus. Romans 6.23, lastly, for the wages of sin is death. We're going to close with this one. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through, say it with me, through Christ Jesus our Lord. He is the only way to salvation. Have you placed your faith and trust in Him? It's not by anything else, but by you acknowledging that you're a sinner and that Christ died on the cross for those sins. You see, while we were separated from God and we were sinful, God said, like that stone, God said, no matter how hard you try, you can't move it. You can't get to me. But I've taken care of it. I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. So that if anyone would believe, he will have eternal life. Do you know without a doubt that you will have eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven only because you have faithfully put your trust in him? Not by religion, not by works, not by anything else, but by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior only. Don't say, well, what if I'm a really good person? Your sin has separated you from God. Some of you right now, you can confess you have past sin. Past sin. So imagine this cup like sin, and this is you, and sin has entered your life. And now, this is you. So yeah, Pastor, I've, I've pa- have passed sin in my life. And some of you right now are living in present sin. You're saying, yeah, that's me right now. 
dirty, filthy, I'm no good. How many of you know in the future you're going to sin? Come on, show me your hands. I will. And I know I'm going to sin again. And this is how God saw us. And God says, I, I can't accept this. Because I'm a perfect God. And when I see you, I see your sin. And your sin is what separates me from you. But my son is sinless. So I'm going to send him down to earth to die on the cross for your sins. Because he's perfect. And the Bible says we are made perfect in Jesus Christ. So you have a choice. Do you want to stay in your sin and die without Jesus? Or he said, no, I, I have room to let Jesus in my life. And in Christ, in Christ, your sins are paid for. Your past, your present, and your future sins. Only because you have received Jesus Christ to live in you. So that when you die and God looks at me and he looks at you, he's not going to see your sin. Because Jesus has already paid for it. And because he doesn't see your sin, he says, welcome. I'll receive you. But I wonder how many of you are going to die without truly receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not by religion, not by works, not because you're good, but because you knew you were a sinner and you said, you know what? I don't think I need Jesus. So then when God looks at you, He's going to see your sin and says, away from me. And you will die and spend eternally, eternity in hell without Jesus. But see, God loves you so much. He sent His only Son, Jesus, because God said, I've taken care of it. You don't have to worry about death. I've taken care of it. You don't have to worry about hell. I've taken care of it. Only if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't waste your life. What's interesting is that Mary, when she looked at that empty tomb, she was expecting to see a dead body. But instead, she saw a risen one. Because Jesus was letting Mary know, in me, There's no death. Can I get a, a little deep here today? Mary would only see Jesus die once, not twice. Because Jesus would die once, resurrect, 
and ascend to heaven. All of us, you see, Jesus was letting us know, all of us, we die once. How many of you know you're going to die? And the Bible talks about a second death. That second death that the Bible talks about is the death that someone dies without Jesus Christ and spends eternity in hell without Him. But Jesus was letting Mary know, in me, you only die once and you have life. But without me, you die twice. Physically and spiritually. We all will die once, but on all of us will die twice. All of us will die once, but some of us will die and spend eternity with Jesus Christ because you acknowledge you were a sinner. That you weren't perfect, that you knew He was the only way to be forgiven, the only way to the Father. And you opened your heart and said, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. So that when you're in the presence of God and He sees you, He sees His Son, He sees perfection, and He says, well done, you are welcomed. But sadly, so many people are living their life without Jesus. So that when you die, you're going to see God and you're going to say, but Lord, I was a good person. And he's going to tell you, remember that, that real handsome pastor on Easter that said that you were not good? Do you remember that it was not by works that you're saved? That it's not by anything but by Jesus. You place your faith and trust in him. This passage I read to you is a reminder to all of us that God, in His love, has taken care of it through Jesus on the cross for both you and I. And, and I was... I look at people in the church and the great thing about being a pastor is that some of the people here, I can remember the day they came to the altar and received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some of them were bad. <laughs> but they just received Him. And I remember the day I got saved. I don't know, I couldn't explain it to you, and, but I just felt this pool where I ran to the altar and I just gave my life to Jesus. That's it. And my past and my present and my future sins were paid for once and for all. Let's all stand to our feet as we declare God has taken care of it. And there's two prayers I want to invite you for today. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't want to worry about death. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. But today, 
once and for all, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because I know that I'm a sinner and I know He died on the cross for my sins. And today I want to receive that. I want to be cleansed of all my sins and saved. He's ready for you. Remember, you don't get Jesus. He comes to you. And when Mary realized that it was Jesus, it changed her life forever. Will you recognize Jesus today standing here, giving you the opportunity to give you eternal life? If that's you today, you're saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus Christ this Easter 2021. Would you put that hand up without shame to say, Pastor, here I am. Been in your church. God bless you. Been in your church. Been listening. But today I want to receive Jesus. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm saved. Pastor, I know my sins have been paid for, but I am a cheese and cracker Christian. I am not living in the joy of my salvation. I am sad, I am bitter, I'm afraid, I'm worried, I'm discouraged. I am worried all this time God is taking care of you. But you're wasting your life on worry. I want to pray over that too. If that's you today, would you put that hand up? Say, Pastor, I'm a cheese and cracker Christian. God bless you. All of you all around the room, a lot of cheese and cracker Christians here. Come on, church. If you're here to receive Jesus or if you want to really pray, for the Lord to, for, to forgive you for worrying and being upset and bitter and you want to experience that joy of salvation again. He's ready for you. I want you all to come to this altar today for Easter. Come on, step up. All of you raise your hands. Don't be ashamed. Come up. Come on, give a round of applause. Come on. Come on. If you're here to receive Jesus, if you're here because you're saying, Pastor, I have Jesus. But I am wasting my life worried over things that God has taken care of. Come on, you make your way on up. Give you guys some time. Come on. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. The first prayer I want to lead you in is for those who want to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just say it from your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come on, say it with honesty. I'm a sinner. And I pray that you forgive me for my sins, past, present, and future. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And today, I ask you to forgive me. And I surrender believing and putting all my faith and trust in you. Save me in Jesus' name. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, God, I believe you and I know that I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved. But I'm wasting my life on cheese and crackers. I'm worried over my family. I'm worried over my children. I'm worried over my finances. I'm worried over my future. I'm worried of what's going to happen and how I'm going to do it. And God is asking you why. All this time you're wasting on your worry. 
God is already working and taking care of it in the name of Jesus. You surrender that problem that has a problem within a problem to the Lord. The Bible says, cast all your anxiety on him. Come on, give it to the Lord, whatever it is, and say, Lord, I thank you. Thank him now for taking care of it. Say, Lord, I thank you for taking care and fill in the blank. And I believe, Lord, that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is living in me. And I have its resurrection power in me, so I will no longer worry and waste my life on worry, but I will trust you knowing that you are working. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise today. Amen.